our, we have our infrastructure set up in a way that we can become, you know, a multi-million dollar business just with a system that we have, have set up now. And all we need to do is hire a few more people. Welcome to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes of wholesaling and house flipping businesses. The systems and automation that we discuss will help you build a real business instead of another job for yourself. From beginners to those doing hundreds of thousands a year, we go deep into the details and strategies that are working today. And now your host, Bill Allen. Hey everybody, welcome to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. And today, you know, I've been doing this series about some of our members recently. So we did this series on leadership right after Flip Hacking Live. And then now we're bringing on some of our newer members and older members of the Seven Figure Runway and Seven Figure Altitude group. So effectively what I did was I reached out to some people and said, who would be interested in sharing their story and giving some, making an impact on other people on the podcast? And uh, some people reached, uh, kind of raised their hand, reached out and said, I'd, I'd really be interested. And Brent and I have been talking about doing a podcast actually before I asked about that. And I said, and I've never seen someone come in and just kind of like implement and just drop the hammer as fast as you have. It kind of reminds me of a lot of the things that I did when I jumped into seven figure flipping, you know, four, four years ago is I just started implementing like a madman, just taking action, just devouring all the information and implementing it in. I, I use business. I'm using like kind of air quotes right now. Uh, if you're not watching the video, my business, which was really just me and one other person, we we're figuring it out, but setting things up. So Brent has a very successful business already. And now kind of jumping, jumping in the seven figure altitude group, I've seen just in talking to him, just him just dropping the hammer on all this stuff. So I'm excited to jump into that and see what he's kind of changed and what are some of his thoughts in his business. So uh, I want to introduce you guys to Brent Meeks. Hey, Brent, what's up? Hey, what's going on guys? Uh, well, hey, I, thanks so much for spending the time with us. And if you guys aren't watching on YouTube, you can jump onto YouTube. We have a YouTube channel, Seven Figure Flipping. And we also we kind of record video on our site. So uh, if you guys have the opportunity, obviously you're listening to this somehow, whether it's if you're not listening to it on iTunes or Stitcher or anything like that, you can jump on and subscribe. Just hit that button. That really helps us out. And you can see Brent's beautiful like plaid shirt, his nice uh, background in there. It looks like... It's Veterans Day. I got I to gotta wear red, white, and blue for you. Here. I love it. I love it. And you know, you bring up a great point and I wanted to make that kind of announcement here at some point on this podcast is we are recording this on Veterans Day. Um, it's fantastic. I just want to give a huge shout out to all the veterans out there. This will come out after Veterans Day, but looking back uh, on that on today, which is, you know, Monday that we're recording this is just a thank you for your service to all of you guys. We would not live in this incredible country, have all of the freedom that we have and have everything that we have without each and every one of your support in the military and also the military spouses that support them as in everything that they do. So this day is so much fun for me. You know, I, I just changed my uh, profile picture to my, my wedding day with me and my wife where I have my whites on and stuff and just all of the support that's just rolling onto my Facebook page right now is just absolutely amazing. So the kind of time that we live in that supports the military the way that they do that it does right now is just amazing. And I appreciate all of that. All of us as veterans, a lot of times we don't necessarily know what to say when people say thank you for your service. It just happens nonstop anywhere that I go right now. It's incredible. The kind of outpouring of support so much different than it was. You know, I, I interviewed my dad recently and he talked about the time when he was growing up in, in college in the Vietnam War. And it's just a totally different time right now with the respect and, and what everybody feels about the military. A volunteer service, nobody is being forced into what we do. It's just amazing. So thank you to all the veterans out there, all the all the active duty people, all the people that are overseas representing us right now. It's just incredible. And I've even, I brought my CO, my old CO on the podcast recently. It was just amazing to interview him. So I love the red, white, and blue shirt. Now I'm a little bit pissed that I don't have the same thing, but I got some uh, white here. And yeah. You, so you beat me too. And I, I was going to give a little spill about that and a big thank you to all of you. I know you've served in the, in the service. So, uh, thank you, Bill. And thank you for anybody else who's listening, who is, uh, uh, given that sacrifice to to live in such a great country, so well, we got we got a true blue, uh, red blooded American on the podcast today, and I can't wait to dive into some of the cool stuff that 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 yeah. you do on your off time, as well as you know this just kind of um, it's it's obvious you know, the kind of person that you are now, getting to know you at Flip Hacking Live and and on over the last month. So why don't you just give everybody a little bit of an introduction about you, who you are, kind of where you live, and what you do? 
Sure. Yeah. So uh, I guess something interesting about myself uh, probably should go from uh, kind of start at the very beginning. Uh, I was actually born and raised in Taiwan. My parents were Americans. Uh, they went over as missionaries to Taiwan years and years ago. And I was born in Taipei, Taiwan, lived there for about 17 years uh, as an MK, a missionary kid. And my junior year of high school, I came back to Conway, Arkansas and uh, uh, started, I guess, my life in, in the U.S. Of course, I'm an American citizen. Okay, uh, no, wait, 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 wait. I, okay, before you go on, you lived in Taiwan for 17 years before you moved to Arkansas? I, I did. Now, I was back every summer, uh, so, so I wasn't like completely out of the dark of what went on. Of course, we had had uh, kind of looked from a distance of, man, this is how, you know, I should be living, I guess, and kind of angry as a child that I didn't get to live there. But it was such an, a, an amazing experience. I, I speak Chinese fluently. Uh, of course, I don't look Chinese, but, uh, you know, I, I love the food and uh, I love the culture. So kind of diverse in my, my upbringing, uh, not your typical just uh, American, American kid, but I, I'm to the core American for sure. Okay. The reason I ask that is because I, maybe if you live in Arkansas, you can change your accent in like one year, but you have the kind of like, when I talk to you, yeah. it's very obvious you have this Southern accent. I never would have guessed this for a second, obviously. Yeah. It's, it's something crazy. Cause I'd come back, I'd come back just for the summer, you know, and visit my grandparents, go back to Taiwan and all my friends would be like, you sound like a hick. Like what happened to you in like two months? I'm like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. So I've been here for 10 years, uh, picked up the accent. It just happens. I mean, you kind of morph into who you're around. Uh, I mean, that's true. So, uh, so I've got the Southern draw. Uh, it's, I guess it's a good thing, but it's got to be if you're doing business down there in Arkansas. If you don't yeah. have that, they know that you're from. Right. Like, oh, my, yeah. This guy. You know, my wife. My wife's from England, and my son Will is. He just uh, just turned five in June, and he's he's got this like weird mix Nashville Southern accent from all the kids at school, and his mom's like yeah. British accent, and it's like so weird. Yeah. I can't I can't even attempt to do it, but there, he'll say something where I'll just look at him and say. What are you talk like? Where did you get that? It's so strange. He'll say, "Daddy, hey, daddy." Daddy, yeah. <laughs> it's just, oh man, it's it's. Uh, he's all mixed up. So. So, anyways, yeah. So uh, I came back to the states my junior year of high school. Then I moved to uh, where I'm at now, Jonesboro, uh, Arkansas. I moved there my senior year. Uh, started college here. Uh, finished college here. In my senior year of college, I ended up getting. Uh, into real estate part-time, got my real estate license, really started to enjoy that. And uh, after uh, my, my uh, graduation, I just went full-time into real estate as a traditional real estate agent. Um, about six years went by or so as a real estate agent, kind of got bored with that, started the, the team thing. Never really thought I'd own my own brokerage, really wanted to do that just because the numbers didn't seem to make sense to me. So I created a team, uh, uh, NEA real estate team, which I'm still the owner of. Got some people on my team. And uh, I guess after a little while, started doing a little bit of building, uh, building a few spec houses and started doing a few flips. Uh, started realizing where the money was in the flips and the investment. Uh, I guess, uh, you know, from year two of my real estate career, I started picking up a portfolio of rental property and uh, just slowly built that over time as well. So um, over the last probably nine years, I've been in real estate and really uh, started enjoying this flipping process and then started seeing other guys wholesaling. And uh, I, I wanted to kind of move out of the, the, the role as a traditional real estate agent into the role of a flipper or a wholesaler. And I did a lot of research on uh, the different uh, mastermind groups that I could be a part of. And I fell in with the, the seven figure group and uh, it's, it's been great. I jumped kind of, like you said, I didn't really stick my toe in the water and see the temperature. I basically climbed up to the high dive and then belly flop. I say belly flop cannonball to like, okay, we're, we're in this, you know, uh, delegating funds and it, you know, it's a, uh, it's not a make or break, but I need, I've got such a, a large investment in, in the direction that we're going it's going to make, you know, I don't, I don't have any doubt in my mind with the guys that are around me, the, the accountability groups, the information that I've, I've digested over the last two or three months. It just, uh, it's just so much and seems so beneficial that uh, I'm like, okay, let's do this thing. So making that transit transition out of the traditional real estate agent into 
focusing on this uh, flipping and wholesaling company. Um, you know, I've done some done some flipping over the last two years. This year, I think we're on. We got fourteen on the books right now, so we're on number fourteen, and um, we're doing fairly well with that. So I, I kind of realized where uh, where the 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 income was actually coming from. I, I made good money as a traditional agent, but making very good money and the freedom that this can bring. Uh, uh, as a wholesaler or flipper and creating a company. That's, that's another thing that really appealed to me is creating a company that I can hire a, a COO, CFO or something like that and or a CEO and, and let the company run itself and focus on other things that are actually uh, what really matter to me in life. Uh, you know, a ministry that I, I've created a 501c3 and, and my family and spending time on that and, and uh, things that are eternal and stuff. So that's, that's kind of my why and why I'm kind of uh, putting so much work into this and so much uh, effort and funds into this. So that's kind of where I'm at. Um, jumping head first into uh, the training and, and uh, honestly, I'm not sure if there's one piece of information that we haven't, haven't just utilized. I, I think there's one thing you said something in a podcast or something in a, a video that said, now don't do both the flipping track and the wholesaling track. <laughs> You need to do one and do it well. Well, we're doing both of them. I think we're going to be all right just because of my experience in the flipping side, but we're, we're gun honing for both of them. Uh, but that's kind of where we're at. We're, uh, we've got all our systems set up. I uh, got Podio with the lead, lead, uh, lead fusion overlay and we've got investor fuse. Is it investor, investor fuse? fuse. Okay. Yeah. Investor fuse. And then, uh, We've got Zen call set up and a call center set up. I mean, we're ready to go. Uh, we're all right. Up. All right. All right. Let me back it up. Let me back it up. Let's back yeah, up. We're, we're moving, we're moving forward. But, I know. Uh, I know. You, you, okay. We can't just put the hammer down on this podcast. Let's back up. Let's back up. So let's back up a little bit. You're, so Jonesboro, Arkansas, tell me a little bit about that. Is it a small town? What's the population? Yeah. So, yeah Jonesboro, Arkansas, and, and we're really focused on Craighead County and Greene County. It's a very, very unique market. Um, it's so diversified. So we have, we have a college here, ASU. We have uh, some really huge medical industries. We just had a $200 million uh, medical facility get built about seven years ago. So somebody comes in like that, you know, there's something special about a market. We've got like these, these in the industry, the, um, like the industry for uh, production, like we've got all kinds of factory like Butterball and Tyson, and I could go on and name, I don't know, probably 10 or 15 that around. We got Riceland, uh, which is the second largest rice mill. We've got all the agriculture around us. So there's so many of these different industries that kind of make up Jonesboro, this hub. And I'm saying all this, hopefully nobody comes in and like <laughs> snipes my market. But That's what I was going to say. You better you be careful selling it. Yeah, everywhere you look, there's there's uh, there's money being spent and uh, development happening. Uh, so we're trying to uh, capitalize on this market first, do it well, and then go into some other markets. But we have a a uh, I think there's only a population in Jonesboro about seventy thousand people, but a serviceable area probably 100, 150. And then we're kind of including kind of these these hubs around us. We're really a hub for these smaller communities like Bono and and uh, Brooklyn and Paragool and all these other places kind of around Jonesboro. So it looks like a small market, but I'd say it's probably, it's still a small market, maybe 150 to 200,000 on a serviceable area kind of thing. So. Okay. Yeah. So it sounds, it sounds like one of my, I have two counties in, in Pensacola. One of them is about that size. So it's a, and, and we do pretty well in there, but at some point we just had to start going outside and expanding. Yeah. And yeah. So, okay. So you, how did you find, you said you did a, a bunch of research on different mastermind groups and stuff like that, but was it, uh, was this your flip first flip hacking live that you've been to or had you been to? First, no, it was first flip hacking live first mastermind group I've jumped into. Of course I've listened to podcasts of different people, okay. uh, read different books, but, um, I wanted somebody that basically would come alongside me, show me, uh, A to Z in a process and the whole, uh, you know, the, the, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I want to call it a destination, but like creating something that's self-supportive rather than just somebody coming in and giving pointers on how to wholesale. Well, you know, it, it seemed like everything that I wanted in a mastermind group. So that's what, that's what the appeal, there was that appeal there. And then when I talked with some of these other, uh, some of these other options, it, it just, 
it seemed it seemed like just a like a car salesman. It seems like their product really wasn't, or what they offered, the services they offered, really was was subpar to what y'all do. So, okay, well, I appreciate that. So, do you feel like the like coming to Flip Hacking Live that was because it seemed like we, I think we had been talking to you for a little while before the event, and that right. was kind of like you feeling us out and determining if yeah, if you were the right fit so yeah, so coming to Flip Hacking Live was was the last kind of part of the interview process, if you will. So, uh, I'm glad I did it. I came in and one of my, one of my motives of coming there was, uh, actually talking to these people one-on-one that was a part of flip hacking live or the people that were part of the seven figure group. Uh, because you know, the investment there was significant. I wanted to make sure that, you know, rather, rather than from the person who was selling that, telling me, Hey, yeah, this is worth it. I wanted to hear from the people that were actually spending their money on this and, and utilizing those tools. And I've got to tell you, I'm gonna be honest with you, every single person that I come up to, and I mean, that was on, I had kind of a, a strategy for each day. And that was on my strategy for each day of, I want to interview three or four people and chat with them and say, is you joining the uh, seven figure group worth it? And every single one of them, I'll be honest with you, every single one of them said, you need to do it. If you're ready to grow your business, do it. It's the best money I've ever spent. And as people that, that just started two or three months in, and there's people that had been a part of uh, the group three years in. So that's something like somebody that's going to pay the money, get in it, get it, get experience and then come back and pay it again the next year. And then the next year that speaks for itself. So that's, that's kind of, uh, uh, one of the reasons that I say, okay, look, this is, this is for me. This is what I'm going to uh, jump into. So. Yeah. So obviously for me as the kind of new owner of this business, that Mike Simmons even mentioned it up on stage, the money ball, right? We all have that number in our business, in our company that, that we want to hit. And if we know if we hit that, then everything's going to be, be good. So it's just like the movie that you guys, a lot of you seen the movie, you know, read read about uh, Moneyball and things like that. And that was that on base percentage for them. For me in this, in this company now it's renewal rate. Like I know that if I can get that renewal rate up in a nine, in a perfect world, hundred percent renewal rate would be it for me. Right. So every year, like you said, people are coming back. Cause for me, what that does is it says, okay, the business owners are making money. They have, they're making money. So they have the money to pay for this every year. They build it into their operating costs. Number two, they, they see the value here and they come back and they're successful. And number three, they absolutely love being part of it and being around it. So like you said, I, I've been a member of this group for four years. I was a paying member for multiple years before I became kind of like one of the mentors and things. So I know exactly what it's like. And I also know what it's like to pull the trigger that first time going, this is a sizable amount of investment in, in myself, right? In my company. So what I loved about what you just said is that you went into a three-day event with a, an internal strategy for yourself to basically yeah. interrogate our members and to see if, <laughs> if it was a good decision for you. But that, like, that's, that's awesome. I think that, that that is, obviously, you were taking your time, you're trying to figure out what the best solution was for you. And that, the fact that you landed with us, uh, I'm, I'm, number one, I'm honored. I'm really excited about it. And number three, um, the, big, the best part is I love that I'm attracting somebody like you to this group. So that, that those are the kind of people that I want to be part of this mastermind. I want the people who want the flashy cars and the really expensive stuff and all that stuff to go somewhere else because that's yeah. just not what we're about. And that's not what I'm, I'm going to promote on, on the group and things like that. So um, right. we're really, we're really thankful that we're attracting people like you and all the other people that, you know, decided to kind of yeah. uh, dive in head first with us at uh, Flip Hacking Live. So what did you think about the event itself? Like outside of your strategy of interrogating all of our members, what was it like being uh, at the event and, the, the kind of, was there, what was that like? Like, what did you get from the event? Yeah. So uh, to be honest, I mean, it was like drinking from a water hose. Like I couldn't take it, take enough notes. <clears throat> and you started out, I think with like kind of core values and stuff. And one of them, you know, my core values is loyalty and stuff. And I read on one of the papers, it was like, you know, we do not give you permission to record or video. And that was the hardest thing for me to do is like not record. Cause I was like, I know I'm going to miss some stuff. They're going to put it out later. Hopefully it's like, so I'm just, like constantly just nonstop taking notes, picking people's brain, taking every minute and even, okay. So like y'all put on the event, y'all brought up speakers that had so much valuable information that I can take and say, okay, we're going to, you know, 10 X our company with this. But then also like the networking that was there during the breaks that you allowed. I mean, I'm sure y'all planned for this, but like the networking events that we can be a part of in the VIP uh, 
sector and stuff. Like I maximized those times as well and was picking, you know, making contacts and picking people's brain on what they were doing, what was working, what wasn't working issues that I had in my company that I was trying to fix and how they saw that. So like even that in itself was probably uh, uh, worth the, the cost of admission, not just, not just all the, uh, the valuable information that you brought from, from all the different topics that you spoke on. So cool. Was there, was there anything there? Like is there any one speaker or one presentation that you feel like you uh, like resonated with you the most that you could take and do something with in the business? I mean, there was, it just depends on, on what topic you want to talk of. I mean, one thing for me personally, uh, you know, Becca uh, speaking on accountability. I mean, that's one issue that I have is trying to stay accountable and, you know, being at the office and getting stuff done, uh, if I'm, if I'm being honest. So, so, you know, that spoke to me and the fact that y'all have an accountability group, I basically at 11 o'clock, uh, just an hour ago, I got off the accountability meeting, the podcast or, or the, the, uh, voice chat or a picture chat with everybody else. So the fact that Becca got up there and spoke on that and then gave some structure of accountability, I think is really going to help me. And then, you know, your uh, the guys coming on and, and uh, the last day, Jocko Williams and stuff like that, that stuff's amazing and fires you up and just trying to carry that into that momentum into uh, implementing all this strategy, I think was, was awesome as well. But um, the accountability yeah. they would probably be number one that's really convicted me because everything else, like we can apply this, but like accountability, that, that has to happen. That's something that I struggle with. So. Yeah, I think all of us, these kind of entrepreneurs, this uh, visionary type people, we we have all these ideas, right? And we're supposed focused. to. Yeah, we got to stay focused. Exactly. So when you got somebody coming up there, it's kind of it's kind of unfair advantage that Becca has that she talked about accountability and brought it into the group because I'm I'm a really competitive person, so I'm asking these questions sometimes, just kind of ticking marks down next to people's names. And Becca's accountability presentation has been super popular from everybody yeah. that I've talked to. So I'm a little bit jealous of her because she's, she's winning the race and nobody seems to have mentioned all of my awesome presentations. However, um, we as entrepreneurs, I know every single person in that room, they need that. Like we need that. And that's what we realized inside the group, inside the mastermind group. I realized that we basically did a beta test on this accountability setup of, because people really needed something else. A lot, you know, some people are just, just inherently, hold themselves accountable and they're fine. And, right. but getting to that, there's, there's also a next level to that, which Beck and I talked about on a podcast. And then there's the people who don't hold themselves accountable at all and right. are away on the other side of the spectrum. And it really struggle with it. They need somebody to, to help yeah. them. And they got the people in the middle who just kind of need a little bit of support just to check in. Like you said, your quick uh, wham meeting, your weekly accountability meeting, and you're just checking in and saying, Hey, I'm at 80% or I'm at 70%. And then, so that stuff is, isn't the fact that we rolled it out at the scale that we did this quarter, it's mm -hmm. really impressive and a testament to Becca and everything that she's doing uh, of managing that inside the group. So I'm very thankful to have her on the team, obviously a another incredible veteran, by the way. Um, so, okay. So since that event, so you, you jumped into the seven figure altitude group, five, the, the tryout was done. The interview process is complete. You said, okay, uh, I'll, I'll accept my position as one of the members of the seven figure altitude group. I've interrogated everyone that I possibly could. And now, um, now what have you implemented since then? Like what has been the strategy since leaving there for you? Man, it's like, what have we not implemented? I mean, the, the first, first order of business was get through all the information and then try to just uh, dissect it all and see what we, what we need to do. Um, we put a, I, I wanted to start from like, um, like hiring a few people on to help me with this. So I actually hired on two other guys uh, to help me with this, this startup uh, process. And then, we would put them into a role once it was set up. So I've actually had a team helping me set everything up. Otherwise I'd probably be another month or so out on getting everything together. So that's been really helpful, but we actually, we wanted to create the, the, uh, the system that could handle uh, all the leads that were coming in. So we focused on uh, all the information that y'all have given us on, on like what systems to use and um, what overlays to use and, and uh, uh, like what, uh, like the Zen call and all these different vendors that we can utilize. And we took all of that and we basically to date we've set up, uh, I think he just got off the, 
the call with Zen call and work through an issue that we had there. And now we've got two cold callers that have been hired and they're starting today. Um, so we have our, we have our system or we have our base or our um, uh, infrastructure set up in a way that we can become, you know, a multi-million dollar business just with the system that we have, have set up now. And all we need to do is hire a few more people. Um, so having that base was important. Uh, getting that infrastructure set, infrastructure set up and doing it in a way that we can we can grow with demand. Um, so once that was set up, at the at the same time, you know, I was looking at just about every single advertising channel that we can do, and we kind of threw it all out on the board. We put prices on every single thing and said, okay, this is what my company can handle on an advertising budget. And it was, it was, I feel like a fairly, for somebody starting out a fairly significant budget, you don't have to start with that, but this is what we delegated. And we said, okay, what can we do or what makes the most sense with our budget and say, this is what we want to do. This is what we want to do. This is what we want to do. We can't afford this yet, or we'll get to this later. And we had a, a, a 12 month plan of a marketing, a marketing plan. So we, we kind of, we kind of uh, chopped it up into, into quarters and said, okay, this first quarter, we're going to do this. Second quarter, we're going to do this. And we've delegated advertising dollars to all these different avenues. And I think we're doing like five or six different avenues of, of marketing uh, that we're going to try to do and do well. Um, so we're, we're actually in the process of, of, of kind of, uh, pulling the trigger on that, getting things ordered, getting stuff out, getting, uh, cards. Uh, we're actually going to put, we're going to put these name cards. It's like a bandit sign, but we're going to put them all, all around at a restaurant. I don't know if anybody's mentioned that yet, but that's something that we're going to try to do. You know how people have little business cards set up, you know, at, at yeah. a Chinese restaurant, we're going to put, uh, our business card on the back. And then uh, we buy houses real, like a yellow, like a bandit sign and set that out so they can grab those or whatever. But we're gonna do that and bandit signs, and uh, we're going to do some SEO stuff, Facebook ads, uh, direct mail. We're actually utilizing LeadSmith and, and jumping on with him, which is like a self-service in itself. Um, and uh, uh, there might be a few others that I'm <laughs> now. But, but we've, got, we've got this advertising plan. We've got our, our base set up. We've got our advertising plan. We're starting to click go on that. I've got my, uh, my lead intake guy. Uh, which we actually have a car call center. I like the idea of having a call center because 24 hours a day, somebody's going to answer the phone and collect that lead. That's going to kick over to my lead lead gen guy and he'll follow up with them same day or the next day, set the appointment. And then I've got my uh, acquisitions guy who's going to be going on appointments. He's already on the team. And then Ashley, once we get a full full-time bookkeeper, she's going to be uh, working with our, our, uh, uh, our buyers and our buyers list and being the liaison with them and showing them property and, and staying in contact with them and selling off our stuff. So we've got everything just about set up. We're hit and go. And I'm excited to see the return on this. I mean, it, I, I would, I mean, it can't, it can't fail. I mean, just with the amount of stuff that we're doing and, and uh, the uh, setup that we've got, like I'm so confident that this is going to, this is going to going to go well and we're just going to increase our advertising budget and I'll be a, uh, uh, an annual member. I'll, I'll re, uh, rejoin the group uh, every single year from next awesome. 10, 20 years until I retire. Right. So, well, you've heard it here. So if we have to go collect on, <laughs> yeah, Brad, then. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Hey, so let's, so I want to back up a little bit. This is obviously going to be a two part uh, podcast, no doubt about it. So you, right. the reason that I wanted to bring you on here is, is just to show people the kind of speed at which somebody, and, and this is, this is a little bit of a shift from the last one that you guys will have heard where it's, a lot of you guys are in that mode of self-doubt sometimes. You say like, what am I missing? What am I, what, what's in my blind spot? We talked about that on the last podcast and needing some kind of val validation and that's okay. We, we all get there at some point, but this is, this is honestly like the other side of that coin listening to Brent. He's like, I'm hundred percent confident. What, nothing is going to go wrong. This is great. We're going to make money. This is all great. And so seeing this kind of almost dichotomy, right? Like Jocko talks about the dichotomy of leadership. He wrote a book on it and all this stuff. It's those two extremes, right? So you have this, this, this confidence and you'll, you'll see it in Brent. So what I want to do obviously is I want to, I want to go back a little bit to talk about what the team looked like before and what it looks like now. So you can kind of have that structure and, but also kind of, um, caution, not you, Brent, but other people who are listening to, and like what you said, don't, 
in those videos that you watched, I talked about not trying to go down the wholesaling and the flipping path. I also, in those videos, talk about not going to do five or six different marketing channels. And the reason that I have it in those videos is because those videos are for newer investors. They're for people who might not have the funds, might not be ready. What I don't want to do is I don't want people scratching the surface of six different marketing channels. Mm -hmm. Now, if you have the funds and the staff and the structure and the, and honestly, you only have 70,000 people to 150,000 people. So you can go really deep in those channels and it's not going to cost you that much money to do it. And then you're going to be tapped out. So, so for you guys who are listening, I, by, by no means am I saying, hey, I'm put, bringing Brent on this podcast because this is exactly what you need to do. Go take every, all the money that you have in your bank account and stick it into one month of marketing or anything like that. So I want to make sure that I at least preface it with that because there are a lot of people who are super people like you who can get this stuff done and, and have a team set up. And then there's a lot of people who they think that's, that's what everybody tells them. Just go market, 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 spend money, spend money, spend money. And it's going to come back. Well, you are doing this successfully for a long time. And now you see the opportunity and you see what other people are doing. And you know that it's a commitment that you're willing to make. And with me and you talking, you did the same thing that I did. You said, I'm setting this money aside. This is my plan. If it doesn't work, then it's not going to break me. Right. Correct. Yeah. I mean, hundred percent, this was a risk assessment for me. I sat down, not just with myself and kind of thought through this, but I've got a, uh, I've been blessed to have a mentor around me. My father-in-law is a, he's built a couple million dollar businesses. So I had him on my team. I had my CPA on my team where we sat down and looked and said, how much can we delegate towards these things? It wasn't just a, Oh, let's do this. Uh, it was a calculated analysis of this is how much I can afford to lose and this not work. Uh, and, and I would, like you said, caution anybody just to throw, uh, caution the wind and just say, hey, I'm going to do all these things and spend my last dollar. You've got to be calculated on what you do and say, okay, I'm going to spend 50% of my uh, savings or my funds towards this one marketing channel. And then once that starts to show a return, I will use that extra funds to, to fund something else. I mean, it wasn't just, a, hey, I'm throwing every single penny I've got. It's calculated. So I'm glad you said that. Uh, that kind of disclosure. Yeah, we, we have we have lots of different people that listen to this. We got people who have never done a deal who are just excited to get into real estate. We got people that are doing hundreds yeah. of deals a year making millions. So um, even even for those guys that are doing hundreds of deals making millions, I mean, we we really only effectively use two marketing channels right now still. Uh, you know, that it's it's basically online and it's direct mail. That's in my company, we're doing almost three million dollars this year. That's what we do. Those are the two. And now we, I have a rock. We have a, a you know quarterly goal here to start figuring out other marketing channels to make sure we're bringing that cost per deal down significantly it's because they're both really expensive channels for us to get deals. So, um, and the same thing when I started, I just, I did direct mail. Then finally, like six months later, I added on you know, pay-per-click and Google AdWord type marketing because I just didn't, I wanted to go as deep as possible in that one channel before I went to the other one. So, Okay. So what did, what was the, what does the team structure look like? Is, is this a whole new company and new team members or, I mean, you already were doing this for the year and yeah. then with that team up to Flip Hacking Live, what were you doing about per year just so we can have an idea of it maybe for part two when we come back and look and see how the return has been on this one? Sure. So, uh, before I came to Flip Hacking Live, um, it was basically myself and, uh, my full-time assistant slash bookkeeper, Ashley, that was kind of running the show. Um, you know, that, that company, uh, Pinnacle Investment is the same company, but we were really just focused on, on flipping stuff. Uh, I've got a contractor that I can trust really well. He's got a crew that works for him. We basically walk through a property and he throws some, some numbers on a, on a uh, cost analysis sheet and I plug it into my, my performer, my, my worksheet to determine if I can make money on it. So um, it was basically just myself, Ashley, and uh, Scott Ralston, my contractor, that was really focused on the, on the, the flipping side. And uh, after coming to this event, I really started to open my, my eyes to the, the possibilities of wholesaling um, and being able to, to, to kind of have a two-part company. I, I like the idea of wholesaling because when the market has a downturn, like in 2008, and property's not necessarily sell, selling for retail, you're gonna have an influx of these investors, cash investors wanting to buy, buy property. And I, I remember somebody, I can't remember who it was at the event, talking about 
whenever 2008, the crash happened, he had all kinds of people lined up and was selling all kinds of wholesale deals. So I'm thinking from a, a strategy or risk assessment uh, standpoint, it would be, um, it would be smarter for my company to have a two part system because on the flipping side, if I just flip property and try to sell for re re uh, retail, you know, in a downturn that might actually hurt me. But if I had a, uh, another part to my company where I was selling to people who want to buy, uh, in a downturn market, like it would be recession, recession proof, or at least reduce risk in a recession. So that was really appealing to me to reduce the risk of just having a one-sided company. Um, and, uh, try to, trying to create a team or bring on a team and a new part to the company on, on, uh, in regards to that wholesaling side. So, uh, before seven figure, I had just basically two or three people. And then, you know, my account that I'd meet with once a month. And what did uh, that, what did that look like volume wise? Like how many houses were you doing? How much was the company so, making? Yeah. So last year, um, last year, I think we, we did probably, you know, and I'm trying to, trying to think, you know, there was, I, I buy and sell so much just on like my rentals and stuff. So it's hard to just say, Hey, this is our, you know, we just did flipping. I, I'm, the entrepreneur and I'm kind of scatterbrained. So I'm like, Oh, here's a deal. There's a deal. We'll do, you know, do this. So I'm really kind of carving out like this is the structure of the company and we'll do this well. But before, I mean, we might've done five rehabs, you know, five flips and I might've bought something, uh, um, and held it for a month and resold it to another investor without doing a thing to it. Maybe a couple of those. Uh, so last year, maybe, uh, are we talking gross or net? I, I don't know. Yeah. Gross. Let's talk gross. Yeah. So, and I think I, the numbers I put on flip hacking lives worksheet to get accepted to the group might've been net. Um, but last year I think I made a, maybe made a hundred thousand dollars or so. And, uh, that was net. Um, I'm not sure what I did gross this year. I asked my account what gross was and he said that we're actually at 800,000 gross, which I put 200,000 cause I thought yeah. that was more of a, uh, you know, gross before profit kind of a thing. Uh, yeah, yeah. so this year we've, we're on number 14. We sold a handful of them and, uh, just on the flipping side, we've, we've, uh, uh, we've grossed about 800,000 is what my CPA said. And that's probably just, I think that's probably around a $200,000 net or so with my, with my income, okay. or something like that. So Nice. So that's a good, that's kind of a good benchmark for us to take a look at, you know, whenever we do the next one. And I'd like to do, I'd like to do another one to see kind of, I think everybody was, wants to follow up to hear how things go sure. as you, cause you're, you're the, the reason I wanted to bring you on right now is, is just to show people how fast something like you have set this up and implemented it. So now what, since flip hacking live, it's been it's not even a month. It hasn't been a month yet. It's been like just over three weeks. It feels, so, it feels like two or three months. I, know. Working, I totally I mean, agree. I, Believe me. I, and my wife thinks I'm crazy, but I mean, I, I never really worked this hard in my life, but I'd be staying up till 11, 12 o'clock at night. And that might be normal to some people, but like watching videos after, you know, and getting up at six and doing the same thing all the way through. Uh, she's like, you've never worked this hard in your life. Like, what are you doing? Like, just don't worry. I'm, it's not going to be forever. You just know? get let, yeah, let, let me, let me stay behind this curtain. Take a month. I'll set all this stuff up, hit, hit button. So what does it look yeah. like now? Yeah. Well, I also see pictures of you kind of like deer hunting and out there uh, with well, I mean, your family I, I, and stuff. Well, we, we, weekends. Yeah. I mean, we, we still, I still cut out time for my family. So this isn't like seven days a week from that time to that time. And I mean, I, I went to bed probably eight o'clock yesterday just because I'd, I'd been deer hunting at five. So, I mean, uh, but there was a couple of weeks, two weeks there that I was staying up get, and it was trying to get through the bulk of those videos, uh, spending time on that. But, uh, you know, I still spend time with family. I mean, that, that's, you got to cut out time for that and, and not neglect the things that, that really matter in life. And, um, you know, spending time with my family and, and, uh, doing, doing things that I enjoy. I mean, I, I've got to recharge. I got to get in the deer stand or out in the woods and recharge. Otherwise I'll just, I'll, I'll just, you'll plummet. So, I take little weekend trips or whatever down to our tree farm and, and uh, do some hunting or, I mean, I can walk out back and, and hunt in my backyard and uh, it, it's fun and kind of recharges me. And, you know, some of the time there I'm, I'm watching videos or podcasts as well. So the life uh, of the life of living in Arkansas. So what, um, so what, what does the team look like now? Just so we, we kind of know the structure. And so we pulled on a, uh, we pulled on a, basically an acquisitions guy, uh, who, um, you know, he's been 10 years in, in the sales 
business and just an amazing guy. I met with him, uh, you know, one afternoon for, for coffee and he basically sold me on, you know, why he needs to be in my company and, and I've known him for a while and, and, uh, you know, he just an amazing guy, hard worker, very, very bright guy. And then, uh, you know, we, so we, we brought him on another, another gentleman. He's actually over here right now, uh, listen to us, but, uh, Justin, you know, he's like a walking, uh, library. He's a younger guy, dropped out of college, uh, was going to go to med school, very, very bright guy. And he's like, I want to, I want to have a real estate career. He's actually closing on his first, uh, uh, duplex, his investment property tomorrow. How old nice. are you? He's, he's 24. So he's young and he's, he, he reminds me of myself, you know, 10 years ago. So, uh, you know, he's going to be our, our lead intake guy and, and handle, uh, some of the marketing marketing stuff. So I've got both of them and then uh, planning on bringing on a, a new bookkeeper um, who's also going to track KPIs and stuff for us. And she's not, she, she's going to be full time, but I've got a few other companies that she's going to kind of be handling. So she's probably going to delegate maybe 10 to 15, 20 hours to uh, my flipping and wholesaling company. And by doing that, bringing her on the team, uh, I'm actually going to be, um, bringing my current bookkeeper, Ashley, uh, and, and personal assistant on as full time for the company to handle that liaison for the, for the, uh, for the buyers on the wholesale deals and stuff. And she'll be my marketing and kind of put, put marketing stuff together as well. So, uh, we've got, uh, you know, uh, we've got two extra right now. I had an interview this morning for a bookkeeper, had one last week and I've got one tomorrow. So we're trying to hammer something down pretty quick in the next week or so. And then we'll have our team that we're going to run with um, and uh, watch this thing grow. Uh, and I think, I think we'll be able to, to hold that core team uh, probably for about six months or so is what I'm, I'm expecting until we launch into some other markets. And once we do, I'm giving them uh, the ability to hire some people on underneath them in other markets and then manage those people. So, uh, I'm looking forward to that, that growth. Um, it, it's coming up down the road, but I got to do one thing at a time and be patient. So that's what our team looks like now. Um, uh, excited to have them on great group of people. Um, and they're really, uh, man, they're, they're really pushing this needle along. It's been awesome. So. Nice. Okay. So I can hear two of them in the background giggling from time to time yeah. when I kind of yeah. joke around with you. So, um, it's nice to, to have them. I'm going to give them a little shout out. Yeah. Let's hey, give them a shout out. Say hi, Justin. There they are. 24 years old. And and Ashley. Hey, Ashley, yeah. how are you? So. And then uh, the other one went to lunch. I guess he uh, he needed to grab a bite. I think he had a lunch meeting or something. So he, he took off. He was here this morning. He's been here every day. Hopefully closing uh, a deal at lunch. Hammering it. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be my – well, we've got our first wholesale deal. We, have, we haven't even pushed go on the advertising yet. And uh, through networking, we went and uh, he went on the appointment with me. And we kind of walked through the house, got a contract on it. And we're about to push it out some some buyers this morning. So uh, nice. So how, where did that come from? Uh, so it was a networking opportunity. I had a you know I've been ten years in, in real estate. So I had a a friend of mine. Uh, man, the power of networking, man. Like I had a friend of mine uh, call me and said, Hey, look, I got this coworker that's wanting to sell his house. It's a rehab. He hasn't finished it, but he got a lot of work done. And uh, I was like, Yeah, man, shoot me his number. So I called him up. We scheduled an appointment. Went over there just an older gentleman wanting to get out of it because, you know, it's taken too much, too much of his time. He's got back issues and different stuff. And uh, we were able to help him out and, you know, get a contract on it. And it, it's, you know, honestly might be something that we look at flipping uh, if we don't sell it to our buyers. So, you know, that's another reason why I started this. Uh, the marketing of the wholesale stuff is, is it's going to be an opportunity for my flipping side to, to purchase things from that side and, and uh, have an avenue of, of, uh, uh, finding these deals that, you know, we weren't really finding before our margins were squashed because we're finding them on MLS. We're finding them at the auction where everybody bids up the property uh, price. And, uh, you know, our margins had to get uh, cramped down to maybe $10,000 on some of these deals just because of the competition. So we're kind of, man, the fact that y'all are teaching us to go direct a seller is like huge. Like I'm so excited to see what, what our margin uh, profit margins do on, on uh, direct-to-seller marketing rather. Yeah, it's definitely a game changer when you start, uh, you bring somebody out of the MLS world and into the direct-to-seller marketing, just kind of see that now. And then it's about controlling the costs to get those leads and get those deals and things like that. Right. And really watching that kind of 
watching that ratio. Right. So, okay. Uh, I'd like to, I want to, I've never seen somebody really kind of jump in the way that you have and in two to three weeks, set up what you've set up and get ready to go, like build a team, uh, get the right people, set up all the backend systems, watch all these videos. I mean, there's probably people in the runway group that haven't watched all the videos yet. Right. So, yeah. and that's, that's who I made the videos for was the runway group. I got a little out, of, I got a little out of control. Like I started making them. It was, it was a small plan. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then it's, it became, it's good though. It's good though. It became this huge, I, every time we just would make one, I'd go, ah, we also got to put that. this yeah. We got to go in more detail. It's really, for me, creating what I created was more of almost like franchising my company is the way that I looked at it. It's like a training manual for somebody who would come into my company. If anybody wants to duplicate it, they can. If they want to take that piece that they really like, they can take it. There should, I didn't, I didn't want to have a ton of questions afterwards of people sure. saying, hey, you know, I want to just give, here's all of it. And yeah. if you need it, it's right there. So um, no, no more messages, no more, like, let me go do all the other stuff that I want to do. And you guys just take whatever you want. So, so what are some tips that you have for productivity? Like, what do you do? Like, how can you get all that stuff done in that amount of time? What, like, how do you design your day? Is there something that you do that you think the listeners could really get helped out with? Because I think a lot of times you, you even mentioned it, you're doing, you're running multiple companies, you're doing a lot of other things in your personal life. And so wh- how do you do all that? Yeah, so I would say becoming goal oriented is a huge, uh, huge player in all this. Like you have to set goals for yourself and say, okay, this is my overall arching goal. And these are my sub goals on that. And then here's my daily goals to achieve that sub goal. So you really have to break your goals down. And I operate best off list. So, you know, making a list and saying, these are the things that I need to get done today and trying to get done, get them done. And if I don't, I'll kick them to the next day and try to knock that out. So, you know, like you said, like I'm juggling quite a few different hats right now. And, you know, my team here, they say me, they see me come in and pop out and come in and pop out and this and that. So uh, part of, part of, I think that achieving that is being able to delegate some stuff. I mean, there's, there's only so much one person can do in a day. So when you, when you say, okay, look, I don't want to give this away because I'm worried about, you know, whether or not somebody's going to be able to carry this out in the quality that I would want to do it, or I'm going to do it. Like you're going to hinder yourself if you can't delegate that. So you really have to get comfortable with delegating tasks, making clear what you want done. And that's something I'm trying to, to um, uh, improve on is being clear on the delegation or being clear on, on the task at hand. Uh, but, but just the delegating, uh, certain tasks to other people is, is monumental when you, when you, I guess are wearing a lot of hats or getting pulled a lot of directions or, uh, have a lot on your plate. Um, but I think that's one of the things that, um, uh, I've, 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 I've kind of made these leaps and bounds in such a short period of time is pulling on a team that I can number one, trust, and then number two, delegating things. And then, I mean, we had issues on some of this stuff that I had to, I'd have to come back around and say, okay, what, what happened here? What do we need to do differently? And then just chatting through it, you know, they jump back on it and then solve the issue. You know, I mean, we, we were just dealing with something yesterday uh, on one of the lists. I think I brought it to the groups and we've already figured out what the issue was. Well, I didn't, it was my, my teammate Jacob that, that figured it out and uh, hammered it out. And now we've got, we've got some marketing ordered. So, um, delegation and, and working off a list and working off goals. Okay. So what I'm hearing is set your goals, know yourself and how you achieve those goals. So for you, it's lists for somebody else who's listening. It might be something else. It might be just kind of the way that they learn the way that they execute, understand yourself a little bit. That's what I've kind of pulled from a lot of this is knowing who I am and how I get things done. And then to, to obviously delegate those things that are not the most beneficial use of your time. Or the other thing is that prioritize and execute that Jocko talked about. Prioritize those. If you don't have anybody to delegate them to, do be a self-delegator. Prioritize what you need to do. Get the most important things done. And I always call them those money-making tasks. Get the things that are going to move the needle for you and your company that are going to be money-making, not the things that are the easiest to get done up right. at the top. So kind of prioritize those. And if you can delegate, then delegate. If not, because you're 
a solopreneur, you're by yourself right now and you don't have the funds, it doesn't make sense, then get those things done that are going to move the needle and forget about the rest of the stuff. Yes. hundred percent. Yeah. Awesome. So it's for me, I'm the same way. I just get like the night before three things. What are my top three things that I need to get done the next day? Go out, execute on those. I do them first thing. If I can get them done, if I need more information, I get, go get, assemble all the information that I need to execute on that. If it's a big task, then I block out my day to do it. So awesome. I love it. So tell me real quick, a little bit, you mentioned that, uh, you run a ministry too. Can you tell me about that a little bit? Yeah. So, um, man, where do I start with this? So, you know, years ago I, I was called, I had, I had a word of prophecy spoke over me that I was going to preach to the masses. Um, and you know, in the last four or five years, I've been going over to uh, Africa or I've been to Taiwan and preaching uh, at crusades and preaching to people. And it's just something supernatural about that, that uh, man, that's like my, my life's work. Like that's what like God wants me to do. So I really felt a calling to create something around that. And I looked at it and said, okay, I'm going on these trips one time a year. Uh, I can do more like what what can I do and, and building a team around that or building something around that because if I create an organization that's where I become a recruiter and say hey this is the mission uh, um, and building a, 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 a nonprofit around that and just recruiting people and, and getting them to go and having 10 people go a year rather than just me going by myself I was like I can get so much more done um, by doing that or God can get God, God can use me in that way to get so much more done. So uh, Bush mission international is, is the 501 C three. We're kind of on the front end of getting this uh, off the, uh, off the ground. And uh, basically the whole ministry is going into these hard to reach places in the world and, and uh, meeting some humanitarian needs as well as preaching the gospel alongside with that to reach the last parts of the, uh, the world that haven't ever been reached. So we just got back from a trip from Congo, the depths of Congo where we bought some dirt bikes. I mean, getting over there, it was like a three day process where we like, we took a commercial plane and then jumped on a bush plane once we got to Africa and then jumped in the taxi that took us to our dirt bikes to cross in, to this border up, off into the jungle. And we planted a church and worked with some pastors over there and, and really empowered them. And, uh, you know, my plan is to, to get more, raise more awareness on this, get more teams going, uh, raise more funds and uh, not just go to Africa, but go to, i uh, got some, some people in India that I want to work with and all these other places in Asia, but just like getting to these really hard to reach communities where it's like just bush villages who, you know, are illiterate and uh, just places that never heard the name Jesus. So uh, that's kind of my, you talked about, you know, on a lot of podcasts and stuff, that's my why, you know, number one, my why is, is the ministry and, and the things that are eternal in this world, things are actually going to last for eternity. And then also my family and, and ministering to them and spending time with them. And, uh, that's, that's the reason that I'm, I'm doing everything else, I guess. So, uh, man, it's amazing stuff. That's incredible. This, this is the kind of people that, this is what I'm, this is exactly what I'm talking about. When we can attract people like you and, uh, you know, people who have a strong why like that have something that's bigger than, than us. And those are, I think that's a big part in why you are as successful as you are and why you get things done as fast as you do. And losing that, it's not the fact that like that's, it's exactly what you're doing, but it's the fact that you're so driven for that cause that's driving you for this cause. Yeah. So it's not, it's, Everybody that I talk to, I try to see like, how are you a high performer? How are you a, a, a good leader? What are all of these things pulling out? And that's a big part of your drive. And there's no doubt that that's why you're staying up till 11 o'clock at night watching videos because you see the long game. You're looking at the long ball, like my CEO called it, uh, you know, uh, Cap, Captain Sheehan. He, he's talking about seeing the long ball because you're, yeah. you're not looking at, you know, two weeks out, you're looking at how this can affect, like you said, eternal life. Right. Crazy. So, um, that, that that's that's awesome. It can, can do you do you want to put out some information on it? Can if anybody wants to find out more about it, do you have somewhere? Are you still in the early stages? Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, uh, we we're working on a website now. It'll probably be up in the next week or two. But it's just uh, bushmission.com or bushmission.org. Um, but we're kind of on the forefront of that, and we've got a lot of churches wanting us to come and and uh, chat with them and give a 
presentation and stuff. So we're working on our presentation and our website will be able to uh, receive funds or, or uh, give you information on going on or leading a, leading a team over there uh, to Congo right now. But uh, yeah, bushmission.com. It's not up right now, but it will be in the next couple of weeks. So. Cool. And we'll follow up on that on the next one that we do together. Obviously we'll see how things are going and any changes and stuff like that. So that's exciting. Um, uh, I'm impressed. Uh, you got a lot of other stuff going on too, that we just don't have time to jump into. So, um, it's, it's really impressive to see someone come in. You're inspiring me. Hopefully I know that you inspired a lot of people on this recording to kind of get out of their, their comfort zone, get out of their box and go try something new and, and figure it out. And, and also how to, how to get stuff done in three weeks that takes most people like five years. Like, no joke. I've seen people sit around for years and years and say, Oh, I need to get this set up. I need to get this set up. And just the focus, the intentionality of it, that's the way to get it done. So really impressive. And it's a testament to you. And it's also a testament to your team and those people sitting to your left that are uh, behind us because it's not about us. Like it, if it was about us, we would be, we'd fail. We'd struggle. We'd have big problems. Entrepreneurs, the visionary type, uh, people that we are, we get stuff done about 15% of the way and the other people need to take it the other 85 to 100% to get it past where we can, right? So um, those guys are awesome. Make sure you take care of them. Um, they definitely all deserve raises right now. I'm just That's right. hit mute, hit mute, hit mute. <laughs> so, well, it was nice to uh, hang out with you, Brent, and it was nice to uh, hang out with your staff and, and to get yeah. a little tour of the office there. So um, I'm really excited about what the future holds for you and, and being a part of this group. And I already appreciate the amount of activity that you have, you jumping in, asking questions, all of that stuff. It just reminds me a lot of where I was four years ago and kind of, I'm excited to see the return on that, especially in a small town like you have. I think you're I think you're going to be, uh, you're, you're, you're going to be in for it here. So that, so that Facebook group, it's got next to my name, it says rising star. And I'm like, I don't want that next to my name. It just means I ask a lot of questions. I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> like somebody I, on here that's like, doesn't know what's going on. I'm like, oh, I was actually joking around with one of our other members of the runway group the other day, because it said the same thing. And she yeah. said, it's just because I annoy you all the time by posting. That's, right. that's what I feel like. I'm like, I'm the guy on here. Like, Oh, what about this? What about that? <laughs> I can tell you a story of a lot of people that, uh, other people thought were annoying inside the group because they posted a lot. Yeah. And they're making millions of dollars right now and yeah. the other people aren't. So, you I know what, this, honestly. <laughs> that, that star in there, that, that, that equals money in my mind. So, I, I paid good money to, to bother y'all about questions. Yeah. That's, that's future money. That's future success. That's the star that everybody should want next to their name in the Facebook group. So, uh, I appreciate it. I really do. And, you know, coming, I, I was that same person. Facebook wasn't as, um, as advanced four years ago. So I never got my star, but, um, it, I was always posting in there nonstop. So, all right, guys. Uh, thanks so much for hanging out with me. I know you got, you got, you're busy. You got, you know, you got to take over the the whole rest of the world in the next three weeks. So, um, I appreciate you guys spending time with me and uh, I appreciate your team eavesdropping on us. And uh, yeah, again, man, Bill, I got to thank you for your service and all the veterans out there, man. America wouldn't be what it is today, the freedom that we have and the safety that we have uh, without y'all. So from the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much. So. Yeah, you're welcome. And, and it's our honor. And, and for all those people that are out there, I know they'd say the same thing. We honorably serve. We absolutely love it. It's, it's, I, I have, I'm having trouble right now trying to hang up the pajamas and not go down. I'm actually go down. Um, I don't, I think this podcast will come out on uh, Thursday or Saturday. I'll be down in Pensacola flying this weekend. Uh, I, leave, I leave Thursday. I'll be down there for a week uh, flying the students and having a good time uh, up at, I don't know, 10, 20, 30,000 feet messing around in, uh, yeah. in my G suit and, and airplane. It's going to be a lot of fun. So I, I love it. I can't wait to go back and it's just the camaraderie, the leadership, the different people there. It's just amazing. So, um, and you know, it, it's, it's really all the people stand in the watch overseas all the time and on the ships right now. And, yeah. and they're away from their family, Thanksgiving coming up, the holidays coming up, Christmas, and exactly. uh, just th- that kind of sacrifice, missing their birthdays, missing the holidays, missing those things. Those are the people that are the, really uh, pulling the weight. And then all the families that are back home, uh, taking care of the kids, uh, 
doing everything else for that service member, paying the bills, making sure the mortgage gets paid, all that stuff. Uh, that's really, that's really the, the hardest part. And that's why at our event, I love the fact that we had the spouses, the military spouses stand up and all the support network, right? Because that's, that's a lot of times the kind of forgotten, they don't necessarily have this, um, this, this special holiday for them where it really is just as much as about them as if not more than it is about us. So, um, yep. Thanks again to all you guys out there, everybody. It's, it's really awesome. And for, for us here uh, at, uh, seven figure flipping guys, please, you know, you were, your ratings and reviews mean a lot to us. I want to start reading more of them. Uh, Brent actually wrote a great one. So if you go to iTunes, you can read his review of the podcast. I should have read it out here and just kind of mess with you, but um, you know, please guys take a minute to re- leave us a rating and review, share it with a friend. If you think that somebody else will get something from this, just share the podcast with them. I mean, that's, I, I take a lot of time. We're putting out three a week right now. I'm just, this is, for the next three days, this is basically all I'm doing is, is fit recording some with the members. So I really love it. The more I see the, the reviews, the posts, the sharing, uh, feedback that we get, you can email us at info at HQ. That stuff drives me to want to do more, want to do better, want to figure out who else to bring on the podcast, how we can help. If you guys have an idea of a future show, send it over to us. I'd love to hear about it and what you guys need in the marketplace right now. I'm just trying to check the pulse of all of you guys put as much great information on here as we can. Uh, and you can check us out on YouTube, watch the video, see the red, white, and blue uh, flannel shirt and Brent's awesome team on the video. So come check hey, them out. My other guy walked in. There he is. Oh, here he is. Yeah. Did you get a contract at lunch or are you just relax and eating lunch? Absolutely. Now we're always networking. Yeah, always, always networking. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Always be closing. Always be closing. All right. Cool. Well, Hey, thanks a lot for spending the time with me. I had a lot of fun and we'll do this again. I don't know in a couple months, let's give me some feedback on your success. I want, uh, uh, or failures. I want to hear both. I really love uh, to talk about both. We can learn lessons from both of them. Right. So, all right, Brett, we'll see you. Um, I'll see you soon. Sounds good. Bye. There, man. Thanks for listening to the seven figure flipping podcast with Bill Allen. If you want to grow and scale your house flipping or wholesaling business, check out more insider tips and strategies from the nation's most successful real estate investors at sevenfigureflipping.com.